Hi everybody, this is Jamie. Welcome to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. Today, Patrick, what are we talking about? I really have no idea. Not a clue. We're going to talk about someone shrieking. Shrieking? Yes. Right. Be very, we got to be careful here. We're saying shrieking. Shrieking, like S-H-R, shriek. Like, yes. Give me an example of what a shriek would sound like. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, you can, I don't know. Shrieking is like, well, let me give it, let me give you an example of what shrieking sounds like. I was in the car with my two boys and Max, the oldest said, uh, he said to the youngest who really likes small cuddly animals. He said, do you know dogs like squeaky toys? Because the squeak reminds them of the shrieking sounds small animals make as they're dying. <laughs> and the car fell silent for a while. Yeah. And then my youngest, just without even uh, missing a beat, he just said, Max, I hate you. And that was it. So a little bit of tension when it comes to the word shrieking in our household. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he's right on that fact about dogs liking squeaking toys, but usually he's right because he watches a lot of YouTube videos that explain the world to him. Um, Got it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But um, shrieking to me is a high-pitched, loud sound. Yeah. That's a shriek. Yeah. All right, now, Jamie, we're going to do a little test of your uh, uh, biblical knowledge. Don't go Google in here. Don't okay. search anything. I, I, I gave you the hint of shrieking. What passage do you think we're talking about? Oh. I don't know. That's okay. We're going to check out Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> now it's starting to come to you, huh? Yeah, yeah. Mark chapter one verses what? Twenty-one through twenty-eight. That's right. right. I'll go ahead and I'll I'll go ahead and read it here. It starts off like this. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because they they because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us? Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy one of God. Be quiet. Said Jesus sternly come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were so, Oh, excuse me. The people were also amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. So there you go. There's the shriek. That's, you know, I should have remembered the impure spirit, the demon possessed man. Yeah. So, uh, my go to Jesus, uh, is traveling he got to capernaum and it was the sabbath which uh now in today's world a lot of people celebrate the sabbath as sunday going to church 
And Jesus went into the synagogue and began to, to start teaching or preaching. How cool would it have been to be there? It would have been cool. I also kind of think it's like, would you walk into any random church and just be like, Hey, here to teach and preach. (laughs) No, I I don't know if I would do that, but I do know that, uh, in Pakistan, that is actually pretty common. Uh, not necessarily, huh? Anyone could just jump in and do some teaching. Well, it's not necessarily anyone, but instead of them having like a pastor that had spent a lot of time preparing a message, they would let, uh, the people that showed up to worship kind of be the pastors. And sometimes they would say who feels led by the spirit to stand up and do a message. And maybe someone would, but a lot of times the person that was running the service would sometimes even say like, okay, like if you and I were there, it's like, okay, Jamie, Jamie's going to like speak uh, on behalf of God for a little bit. And you just be put on the spot. You know, I heard a story about a pastor and I don't remember which pastor it was who was at a church and the senior pastor went up to preach, started to talk and then stopped, turned around and said, okay, you take it and went and sat down. And the associate pastor, like with no notice had to get up and preach the sermon, even though he didn't know what the sermon was on or what it was about. Wow. Yeah. Well, you've done something similar to me like that. I did. <laughs> I was in the hospital and uh, said, sorry, Pat, you got to do this. And you had how many hours to prepare? Six. Six hours. <laughs> I think yeah. you did a great job. I don't know, but I think you did a great job. I think so. Good. I think I did. See, there we go. The <laughs> it <Lord> was, provides. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting because no one knew that you were that it was supposed to be you. <laughs> yeah, that was the best part. And everyone's like, oh, it's Patrick. Oh, this is great. Yeah. So at least no one showed up and wasn't disappointed that they got the, 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 the sideline guy. But the real question is, were they amazed at your teaching? Um, because that's what they were in this passage. They were amazed at Jesus' teaching. And why? Because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law, which makes me think the teachers of the law did not teach with any kind of authority. Now, what what does that even look like? Like how, how is, how do you teach with authority versus not? Uh, The only thing that comes to mind is Jesus is teaching and maybe he's using a lot more I statements. Like I am going to do this or I have done this instead of teachers of the law saying Christ has done this, Christ has done that. What do you think? I think uh, the difference between like, if you're ever on a work crew or let's say you're on a football team, this might make a, a better, a better example, right? So let's say you're on a football team and everyone on the team decides that you should do some play, right? So like, you know, the, the offensive linemen are like, we should do this play. And then the wide receivers think, oh, we should do this play. And, and all of them think they're experts. They all know what, what the right thing is to do. And they all are saying something. But the coach comes in and says, no, we're doing this play. Like, who has the authority in that situation? Well, it's the coach, right? Because it's like what the coach says is what really is and what is going to be. Yeah. You know? Right. It's like the, the most in charge kind of person yeah. and that, that, that makes a lot of sense because Jesus is in a lot of senses, the most in charge. And so yeah. 
when it's when, like power. So it's like the yeah. difference between the uh, the security guard at the mall and an actual police officer. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't have to go too far down that road, Pat, because I don't know any of your experiences with security guards or police officers. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if we want to dig up any dirt in your mall cops life and mall cops. But, but there is like an authority difference there. And, and I know, Pat, sometimes even when you work with, with kids, there's sort of uh, a, a voice of authority that you kind of have to give so they know that you mean what you say, right? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'm having some microphone issues today. Yeah, uh, I know. I know exactly. Authority in your microphone. <laughs> yeah. No, that's like, uh, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's, there's a psychological part of it too. When you know that you have uh, an authority or uh, leadership, sometimes you just carry yourself differently, talk differently as well. Yeah. And maybe and, that's what the the people in Capernaum were picking up on and with Jesus' teaching. Yeah. And what's cool here too is then it goes right into like how he has authority, right? Jumps right into oh, yeah. it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, like verse or like verse twenty three. Yeah. So someone came out of the synagogue who was uh into the synagogue, who was possessed by an impure spirit, and starts yelling. What do you want with him or with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So this man isn't far off by recognizing the true identity of Christ, right? He's not out here saying, you are some phony, you are some fake, you're just like, you're out here like as an actor. He's accurately identifying who Christ is, but asking uh, a weird question in there, have you come to destroy us? I don't know. Like the guy's thinking is just a little off. Yeah. And the guy's thing is off because he has an impure spirit. Now we have to talk about this because it's in the scripture, uh, demon possession. And you probably, when you hear even the term demon possession, you think of like scary movies that were made uh, or you think of like, you know, like uh, Halloween type, you know, things. It, it, you don't think of church necessarily. Um, however, here we have a clear example where the Bible says that here's a guy who is possessed by an impure spirit. Um, now people have argued forever what that means, but, uh, I think we have to look at it and take it as face face value. So uh, a guy in our church who is not just a pastor, but who is also a social worker, um, meets with a lot of people who are mentally ill. And he was telling us the other day in a meeting that when he meets with these people, um, he's been open to the idea and the concept of demon possession of people who actually have uh, some kind of possession going on in in their life. Um, But his take on it has always been, you know, when he prays for them, uh, just even quietly in his own mind and heart, um, that that really most of the time, almost all of the time, isn't the case. There's actually another thing going on in their life. So there's kind of two different camps on this whole demon possession thing. One is that it's not real. It doesn't exist. The other uh, kind of far end of the spectrum is that um, demons are possessing every single thing and are making people do every single uh, action that they do. Um, The way I like to look at it is this, and that is, well, a couple things. One is if you know Jesus, have Jesus in your life, um, you 
cannot be possessed by a demon. So hooray, be joyful that you know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have God in your life. God, a demon can't come and live inside of God's house. Um, you even see in this, in this passage where even coming across Jesus, this impure spirit knows who Jesus is and knows that Jesus is powerful. Right. Right. Yeah. So like, you don't have to be afraid of that happening. Like that's one thing that I think is really important that we all know about. The other thing is most of the time people and their bad behavior can be blamed on them and not on something else. So if someone's like, Oh yeah, I, I went off and did all these terrible things and it's because I was possessed by a demon. Well, you have some accountability in this whole thing, right? Um, so when we look at the passage, there's a couple of things too that I think are probably worth, worth kind of taking into account. One is the impure spirit says, what do you want with us? And it's plural. It's not one, right? And we see this in scripture too, that there's like more than one um, when it comes to this like kind of, you know, hardcore possession deal. And that's, you know, I don't know what that necessarily means for us today, but uh, it, it definitely, it, it, and it could refer to, what do you want with us, meaning both uh, the demon and the person or the impure spirit and the person? Um, but probably the idea is that there would be more than one impure spirits that are in there uh, that this person is dealing with or working with. Um, the other thing is this impure spirit calls out that Jesus is the Holy One of God. Now, this is something that's not even like even some of the disciples are having a hard time believing this. Right. But there's always another spiritual reality that we just necessarily can't see. The disciples might not even be able to see it. Um, and there is, and the Bible even tells us that, that there are these battles that are not of flesh and blood, that are, uh, that are spiritual battles that are happening that we just can't necessarily see. Now, here's what's cool, right? So that's like spooky. That might scare you thinking about the whole idea. But look how quickly Jesus deals with it. Verse 25, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, shouting or saying sternly, be quiet, come out of him. That's like uh, yeah, big deal. Like Jesus is just like, <laughs> I mean, shut up might be the rude way of saying it, but it pretty much sounds like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, Jesus, think about this. Jesus is in the, in the teaching mode. Jesus is probably in front of a lot of people uh, and probably... I mean, I don't know if, if someone stood up and uh, said something like this to me and I was in the middle of a, a, a point in my message, I would for sure lead by maybe asking, be quiet or can you please be quiet? Uh, but if I knew that there was like something within this person, uh, I would maybe like say certainly come out of him also, but I don't think I have the power to, to pull yeah. demons out of people. But uh I would definitely say something along the lines of please be quiet. I've said that many times to middle schoolers. <laughs> yeah. Be quiet. Right. Now here's yeah. what's crazy. I just noticed this for the first time ever, right? It has the plural. What do you want with us? When Jesus says be quiet and come out of him, he's saying that in a singular tense of the verbs that, that are used, meaning he's saying you, you, one, one entity, you come out of him. Yeah. And, and which is cool because what, what, the uh maybe the the impure spirit is trying to do is maybe to group together itself and this person 
saying, I own this person now. Yeah. Uh, this person I have power over. I am the authority of this person. Jesus, I realize your ultimate authority. So what do you want with us? Like that they're bound. And Jesus doesn't even want to listen to that nonsense. Jesus is like, be quiet. And you singular spirit, be quiet. You come out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is awesome because what Jesus is doing is he's freeing this person from something that's oppressing them. Yeah. And even in verse 26, it does say singular, the impure spirit yeah. shook the man violently and came out. I think you're totally right. The, the impure spirit was trying to, uh, for one identity almost yeah. like, like where, where the, the man as like a mask almost. And you know what? That's a great point because sometimes we try to do that with with sin in our life, with mistakes that we make. We try to say, well, that's just who I am. I can't separate myself from that. Um, you know, maybe like you have a hard time gossiping. You know, for, for me, that's really hard. I love a nice juicy piece of gossip. <laughs> um, and it's fun. Like it's fun to share something and it's fun to hear that from other people. Um, and it's tempting to go out and, and to spread that kind of stuff. But um, if I was to say, well, that's just who I am. I can't do anything about it. Um, that's what Jesus wouldn't hear that. Right. <laughs> and that's what Jesus does to us. Jesus calls sin, uh, evil, and bad stuff out of our lives so that we can be whole. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so the spirit comes out of this man violently and comes out with a shriek and all of the people around were amazed and asked each other, what is this? A new teaching. And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. Now that's a, a cool statement because like you said, even the disciples were kind of struggling with the idea of Christ being the Holy one of Jesus being yeah. the Holy one of God. And this kind of, uh, is a really solidifying moment almost. Yeah. Uh, if they're on the fence of, of believing or like maybe skeptical, uh, this, that one quick act of Jesus saying, be quiet, come out of here does show true authority shows who Jesus is, shows the new teaching. Uh, and everyone seemed to agree. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him and be surprised about that. Yep. And it's pretty amazing too that that Jesus does this. The people hear it, and you know the news is now spreading around the whole area. It's like this is like the thing that people are paying attention to because apparently back then, at least the way that this is written, is it makes it seem like this whole impure spirit thing was a problem they had, like it was just a problem because in the scriptures there's multiple stories of people with impure spirits who are healed right. by Jesus. And so it wasn't uncommon. Like for us, we're like, oh, that's just from movies. We wouldn't see it. But apparently in this time and in this place, everyone just kind of knew it, but no one really knew how to deal with it. Um, they didn't know how to help people. And here is someone who's teaching, but not only are they teaching, their teaching actually has that power, that authority um, to actually get something done. Yeah, yeah. So... That's this passage. That's and it, man. That's it. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. And uh, yeah, and what I what I would say too is, if you're like, man, I want to learn more about the whole idea of impure spirits and that whole thing, um, 
you know, if, if any of you want to chat about that, feel free to email Patrick or myself uh, or reach out any way that you know how to to us. I uh, love to talk about some Bible stuff. And we look forward to seeing you all on the next Devo with Pat and Jamie. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.